Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. There is a cost to serving Jesus. Jesus himself told us to count the cost. His teaching consists of many warnings about what it means to follow him. Our Lord was falsely accused, convicted, and then crucified. Today on Drawing Near, Jesus continues to share with his disciples concerning things that will take place. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 21 as we study Persecution and Promise. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for your presence in your word, how you make yourself known to us. Show us who you are, not only who you are, but what you are doing, what you desire to do in our lives, what you're doing throughout human history. Father, we thank you that you are sovereign over all these things. And Father, we pray that you would help us to trust in your sovereignty, to trust in your words, that we would be led by your Holy Spirit, Father, to faithfully serve you, regardless of the cost. Guide us in our study today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We're studying from Luke chapter 21. In a moment, we're going to look at verse 12 and following. But before we do that, let's go back and take a look at what brought us to this text. In Luke 21, verse 5, we read, Then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, he said, These things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. So they asked him, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be? when these things are about to take place. So Jesus is answering his disciples' questions about the timing and the signs that will accompany the things he's just talked about. We need to remember this because in our study, we're looking at small sections at a time, and it's easy to forget the context of our study. So as Jesus answers these questions, we come to verse 12 of Luke 21, and we read these words. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. It's important to know and remember that many of the prophecies in Scripture had a near and a distant fulfillment. The context of the prophecy often spoke of things that would take place in a brief period of time, in 40 to 100 years which is brief in the context of human history. But many of those same prophecies that were fulfilled in a near time frame also had an extended time frame. We can talk about the virgin birth of Christ. It had a near prophetic fulfillment when it was given, and yet it was a long time later that Jesus Christ himself was actually born of a virgin. You can see this in many of the prophecies in the scriptures. I believe that what Jesus is telling his disciples has a fulfillment in their lifetime, and yet beyond their lifetime. So when he begins to say, before all these things, he's giving a time frame, before all of these things that are going to take place, he's just talked about nation rising against nation, earthquakes, famines, pestilence, fearful sights, and great signs in heaven. He says, but before all these things, They will lay their hands on you and persecute you, 
delivering you up to synagogues and prisons. He's not necessarily saying that this is going to accompany the signs of the destruction of the temple. But he's saying before these things take place, verses 10 and 11, they're going to deliver you up to synagogues and prisons. They're going to persecute you. He tells them at the end of verse 12, you will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Now we know this took place among the disciples. These men who became apostles of Jesus Christ had this happen, particularly one who wasn't even present at the time, the apostle Paul. We can look in the book of Acts and see this exact fulfillment, how they laid hands on Paul and they took him to synagogues and prisons and how they moved him from king to king, ruler to ruler. We can see this happen. We know the apostles were persecuted and suffered for Christ's sake. We know this happened in their life. Let's remember, this is going to happen in the distant future as well. Followers of the Lord Jesus Christ are going to be persecuted. We can look at the book of Revelation and see this being talked about and fulfilled there as well. But look at verse 13. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Talking of the Apostle Paul, whenever he was given an opportunity in Jerusalem or on his way to Rome, he just shared the gospel and his testimony. We need to remember, in the midst of all of this, when will these things be and what will be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? All of this persecution should be seen as an opportunity to stand up for Jesus. Now, in order to be persecuted in the first place, we need to stand up for Jesus. Camouflage Christians or chameleon Christians probably won't suffer much because they're going to be incognito. They're not even going to be visible. We need to know that's not what we're called to be. We're called to be bold believers in Jesus Christ. We're to be light in the world, salt in the world. We're to be evident. We're to have an impact. And when we seek to have an impact, we need to remember a servant is not greater than their Lord. If they hated him, they'll hate us as well. And so when we are persecuted or when we are challenged or when someone begins to call into question our faith, it's an occasion for testimony. It was for them. It is for us as well. And it will be for those in the end times. It says in verse 14, Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. And we don't have to meditate on what we will say beforehand because it's an opportunity to share our testimony. We should know our testimony. We should know what Jesus Christ has done in our lives, how we came to know him, what he has done as we have lived for him, and the promises he has made to us for those who are faithful. We do not need to meditate beforehand on what we will answer. On top of the knowledge concerning our testimony, verse 15 says, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. The Holy Spirit within us is going to bring to our minds the things we need to say at the appropriate time. That was the promise for those disciples, and I believe it's the promise for us if we will simply live for Christ and be willing to suffer for Christ if called upon to do so, we can trust in Christ who puts us in that situation for his glory to give us the right words to say. Now, I believe we need to be faithful in studying the word of God and living for Christ, sharing the gospel. If we're doing those things, if we're living visibly and verbally for Jesus Christ in this world, we're going to have a history of already communicating for Jesus 
knowing what his word says, having thought through these things, and that's critical. But he's going to put words in our mouths. He's going to give us a mouth and a mind which all of our adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. I believe that that's not just in the end times or in the disciples' day, but I believe it's in the day-to-day persecutions and sufferings for us today. I believe I have experienced times when I have been challenged that the Holy Spirit has brought to my mind the things that I had not prepared to say, and they were the perfect words to say. That's not a testimony to me. That's a testimony to the promise of God being kept. In verse 16, it says, You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Many of us have unbelieving family members who walk away from us, who distance themselves from us because of the gospel. In the life of the disciples and in the end, there will be those who are so vehemently opposed to Jesus Christ and his testimony and his followers that they will betray the people that they should love and protect. And some will die. Then on in verse 17, it says, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. A servant is not greater than his Lord. If they hated Christ, they'll hate us. But Jesus promises that not one hair of your head shall be lost. Now, you may ask the question, if some are going to be put to death, if some are going to be persecuted to this level, how is not one hair of the head lost? Well, this is not talking about physical protection. It's talking about spiritual protection. Because verse 19 says, by your patience, possess your souls. This is talking about our souls. Our physical bodies can be destroyed. Our physical bodies can be killed, but our souls cannot. And we are not going to lose one thing for the testimony of Christ. We will rather gain in eternity. Now, for some, that's not much of a promise. (laughs) Some are so tied to this world and tied to the things of this world that it's very, very difficult for them to accept what we're talking about today and be consoled about the promises of eternal life. But we need to have a long view, an eternal view. We need to trust in Jesus, not just for the good things that we might receive or the blessings or the protections. We need to trust in Jesus Christ because he saved us from our sins and has given us eternal life. And he is the way, the truth, and the life to the Father. He is the righteousness of God. He is right, and we follow what's right. And there's a price for that. But by patience, we are to possess our souls. We are to control ourselves. We are to keep ourselves focused on serving the Lord in all patience and all longsuffering. We need to endure unto the end, as we are told in Revelations chapter 2 and 3. Each of the seven churches were told, he who endures, he who endures until the end. We need to remember that's a promise to all of us. We need to follow Christ all the way. It's a challenging text. And I believe we can look at it over and over again and gain encouragement. I think that's what it's for. It's for instruction and encouragement. And I hope that in reading God's word, you will be encouraged. You will be strengthened to follow Christ. Remember, he died on the cross in submission to the Father for our souls and for the glory of God. We need to be willing to do whatever it takes in following him by faith as well. Father in heaven, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for these words. 
No doubt I have not completely communicated all that's here. And I thank you for those individuals, especially some of my friends who know these things far better than I could ever know them. But Father, I thank you for what's clear to people like me, those who are simple-minded concerning end times and, and the promises. And I thank you, Father, that you keep us regardless of our knowledge, regardless of our understanding of these things. I also thank you, Father, for what can be clearly understood. And I pray, Lord, that we will trust in what is clearly understood. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.